Welcome to Rehab Within Reach. We are your hosts, Dr. Chrissy Rankin, physical therapist and CrossFit Level 1 coach. And I'm Dr. Sarah Nelson, a physical therapist, and I'm board certified in women's health and lymphedema therapy, and I also hold a master's degree in orthopedic manual therapy. And I'm Dr. Shona Craig. I'm also a physical therapist, a board certified women's health clinical specialist, certified lymphedema therapist, and yoga teacher. We are a collective of women from various backgrounds who support each other and the community around us that have one thing in common, therapy solutions. This podcast will be addressing how the body, mind, and spirit work together to create our current state of being while offering a refreshing approach to how to create harmony within each system. Our treatment philosophy is to empower people through education by combating modern evidence-based practice with our innate primal wisdom in order to promote body literacy and compassion in your personal healing journey. Even though our professional background started in physical therapy, we take an integrative and holistic approach by addressing all systems of the body in order to bridge the gap between the current medical model in the United States and your ability to make autonomous decisions to achieve independence and wellness. This podcast is meant to challenge you to think in ways that may feel uncomfortable at first, but don't worry. Remember, our goal is to provide resources in order for you to make the best decisions for your well-being, which may go against what most of our society suggests is quote-unquote healthy or correct. As a reminder, this podcast does not replace the medical examination, assessment, and plan of care from a licensed medical provider who has seen you personally. Let's get started. Good morning or afternoon. Good morning. Or afternoon, yeah, (laughs) in New York. Okay, so our topic today is um, the body... We're going to say the body is a doorway to the inner landscape. Um, It's coming from my topic for the retreat we're going to put on um, this weekend. And the, it's our open to your authentic self workshop. And the topic is um, in the eye of the storm and how to use Ayurveda yoga and meditation to put ourselves in this serene center of chaos. (laughs) And uh, I found some great pictures. One of them was a picture of the eye of the storm of Hurricane Doreen, I think it was 2019. And it was just like bright sun, blue sky in the dead center of this big giant storm. And uh, just a great metaphor for ourselves and what we need to do um, to navigate difficult times. Um, in any case, my my part with yoga is to say that yoga is a doorway to the inner landscape. <clears throat> the you know being our deeper self. I kind of think of life as I've been given a <clears throat> I've been given a body, and the game's on. It's a It's an escape room and each body has a unique makeup. And uh, if I, uh, and the path is towards enlightenment, but how will I get there? Yoga isn't for everyone. 
Uh, I think of one patient I have, in fact, that was a a yoga, a quite a dedicated yoga practitioner, and in her healing process, stopping yoga and you know going out in nature did more for her. So I think it's not. I think what yoga has to offer, the principles are universal and apply to all kinds of ways that we use the body. Um, uh, but this first doorway, there were there were four four ways I'm looking at it in the workshop. And the first one is alignment, that um, the importance of bringing our physical, physiological and organic selves into into a centered space. Um, I can think, so we've had some wonderful discussions in the clinic about, well, what's the best way to do that in the body? And one of them I remember, Chrissy, is when we were, you took that uh, one class where you got up at three o'clock in the morning because <laughs> the guy was in, in Australia or something in the positioning of the shoulder girdles mm -hmm. in order to accomplish a task. And what was, uh, do you want to talk about that? Sure. So I was talking about how, um, because a majority of us in society have a weaker posterior chain, um, or where the back of our body is not as strong or efficient as we would like it to be. Um, we talk a lot in rehab about shoulder blades down and back and retraction and, and improving posture and strength and stability in that regard. And then in some ways it's lost in translation of like, well, we should be doing that all the time. Uh, but in reality, that position might not be the strongest position when we're doing certain tasks. And he used the example of if you're trying, if you're, the weight is in your hand and you're trying to lift it in front of you up towards your shoulder, then actually the retract down and, and back position of your shoulder blades actually makes that activity harder. Um, and then if you kind of round your shoulders and have like a little bit more of a forward leaning position, then actually you can make that movement easier and so it's it's I think allowing multiple positions to be to feel what multiple positions feel like and feel strong or supported or stabilized or whatever you want you word you want to use um it can look a variety of ways and I think that's what's really cool is allowing variety um I think people get so much on these um on these soap boxes of like, it only has to be this way. But in reality, if we give the principles, we educate people and then meet them where they're at and give them advice of how to improve what they're wanting help on, then that's the best way to do it. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, that physical representation of, of what he was talking about. Yeah, there is no, like you're saying, there's no one way because we're all so different. Um, and to allow that variety. Um, it sounds like too, you're saying like one of the important aspects is to find ease and peace within mm -hmm. your body and within movement. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, sometimes when you're learning a movement, it does feel difficult or like hard or like you're breaking it down and that's fine too. But ultimately it's like trying different things and then learning things and then eventually learning that like, 
piece. And maybe that goes into what Sarah was talking about before about the flow state as well, like finding that flow where you don't have to think about it so much. Um, and, and you're just in your body. To, to use other words too, of efficient, right? You know, like people want yeah. to like peace and, and ease as like graceful, which it is. Like that's a very graceful thing. And I think you can also find ease and peace in a strength component too, or a non-yoga or non-dance related movement. Um, another word is efficiency and, and yeah. what feels good in your body. Yeah. Uh, there, yeah, no, that's a good point. <laughs> there's a story from this week and I'll have to find the young man's name. His first name's Connor and he's a golfer. And he, um, he's 19 and he was in a, a, like a regional college tournament for golf or something. And his dad died. It was a freak accident. His dad choked on a piece of meat and they did the Heimlich maneuver, but they couldn't, um, um, release it. And, and the guy died and he decided to go on with his, um, with his tournament and, and he just fell into the zone. Um, you know, he came into some inner alignment, you know, and it's what we're talking about right now where, and he ended up winning this thing. Wow. And um, as it was over a five day period of time, the reporter that was covering it, he himself had lost his dad in last couple years and was so moved by it and then the whole crowd it ended up by the last day or two the whole crowd was just following him and it, this this beautiful um dedication um to his father and he ended like at the end, end of the tournament maybe the next day it was he and his mother and sister went to the the viewing and he put the trophy on his, his dad's casket. Um, wow. What a story. Um, and a dramatic example of um, being in the eye of the storm in our body, accomplishing actually a, uh, a, a difficult task. <laughs> um, you, you mentioned the flow uh, concept. So this is the next step after alignment of the, the physical body is to link mind, breath, and body. And um, as I was researching this idea, what keeps coming up is um, being in a flow state. And this is a concept that was coined by a psychologist whose name I will slaughter, Mihaly Shajentsmihalya. Okay, um, and he 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 came up with it, and it um, describes the experience of energetic focus, where time flies without your noticing, and your surroundings melt away. Um, it 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 is attained. Um, when we have clear goals that are challenging but still attainable, we have focused attention and concentration, 
the task itself is intrinsically rewarding. There's a loss of feeling of self-consciousness and a feeling of serenity. There's fe- uh, feeling so focused at the present that you lose track of time passing. And um, yeah, there's the knowledge that the, the task is doable, a balance between skill level and the challenge presented. Um, the feelings of personal control over the situation and the outcome and the lack of awareness of physical needs and the complete focus on the activity itself. Uh, So there's these charts you can find where on the one side of the tipping scale, we can over control on the other side of the tipping scale, we can be overexcited, um, or it can be boring or it can be too hard. So when flow is when it's just the right challenge and it's within our capacity. For me in yoga, the way we get there is that linking breath, body, and mind, becoming aware of as I am doing this, what am I thinking? Um, Or am I breathing? Um, I I know for a long time, and it came out of doing Tai Chi Chi, I kept thinking, when's this going to be over? When's this going to be over? This is boring. (laughs) And then I realized it wasn't the thing I was doing. It was this repetitive thought that I think I had for a lot of my life. When's this going to be over? boring (laughs) and when I dropped that thought uh there was a freedom I that thought doesn't plague me like it used to that's beautiful yeah I feel like that tied into what we talked about last week of allowing it to just like our life and our situations just to be without putting a label on it you know I, I do think that we live in such a high pro- productivity type of environment that we're like conditioned to believe that everything has a, a deadline and everything has a finite amount of time. And when we take that, but then, you know, the understandable in our job and school and like things that do require some form of productivity, uh, but we somehow bleed that into our hobbies and our children and our families and um, which that is a place that we shouldn't have those deadlines and, um, and expectations of productivity. Yeah. Are you noticing as you're giving yourself a little bit more space, like thoughts, you're, you're essentially letting yourself breathe? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I definitely have noticed that uh, I'm seeking out things to do or seeking out um, something to be productive on. Um, And I'm really trying to stop myself from feeling that way. And, and I'm having a hard time though, I think leaning into the uncomfortable feeling of that. And I'm still like reading or on my phone or going for a walk. Like, something that is still distracting myself from the feeling of leaning into that discomfort. Um, But I'm at least conscious of, I'm telling myself, 
okay, we're we're unlearning a lot of of decades and decades worth of 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 uh, habits that I've had, and so give myself grace and compassion for the time that it might take for me to unlearn some of those things. So um, it's definitely a learning process. That that reminds me of one of the things that I'm bringing into the retreat is the it, how to turn impact into flow and that we're in resistance to a lot of things. It, even our existence is, re, is a form of resistance. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. After our last conversation, Shona, you sent a, a thing from Ram Das, and I have it pulled up. It's very hard to grow because it's difficult to let go of the models of ourselves in which we've invested so heavily. I think that's oh yeah, like exactly what we're talking about right now. Yeah, you're right. So that I actually found something on that turning impact into flow, and this is another one. This guy built a um, so his his parents live on the east coast. Their house was wiped out by a hurricane. He's an architect. He designed a house that was made of like air foam or something, but that would withstand a hurricane. And that design was a three-level house. They live on the second and third floor. The bottom level has these wide open spaces so that the water can flow through, but it has pylons that hold it deep into the ground. I'm like, that's totally um, yoga, right? Be and gyrotonic become expansive but connected to your center and hmm. so i want to know where in in um you know crossfit or functional fitness where do you see that like you need to be grounded but you need you, you can't become too contracted in order to achieve the the task yeah, I think and it's more maybe more seen in the higher levels of functional fitness in terms of skill level. Uh, but obviously there's so much strength involved in functional fitness. Um, but the place where the flow comes from, I think, is your breathing and making sure that we're not, we call it in functional fitness called redlining, where we're getting to the point where our heart rate and our breathing rate is almost at capacity of what physiologically our body is capable of doing. Um, and I'm sure that plays into VO2 max um, as well, which is just another form of objectifying or objectively finding um, what our body's physical limits are. Um, and so I think in terms of the flow and allowing expansion is breathing. Um, and making sure that we are regulating that as best as we can. And then maybe a physical manifestation of that is form of gymnastics. Um, and the pillars of CrossFit, let's look those up. I think it's called the 10, oh yeah, yeah. The 10 physical skills that Greg Glassman, who is the creator of CrossFit, would recommend like we all work on and it's cardiovascular endurance stamina strength flexibility power speed coordination agility balance and accuracy and i think in unfortunately 
there's a lot of functional fitness gyms that are shying away from all of that and really just focusing on the strength and the power and the speed. But like kind of talking about your flow state, like having flexibility and speed, having agility and balance while also having uh, stamina. And um, I mean, there's, and I think a lot of purists of CrossFit have have talked about that a lot of like, we are going away from these pillars that we're having because they're not sexy, right? It's not sexy to, to do all of those things, right? It's sexy to post on Instagram, all how heavy you lift, right? It's not, or how much gymnastics, like how many bar muscle ups you can do. Um, probably same in yoga. Like, um, you know, you see on, on Instagram, like headstands and, uh, extreme arrow bow poses and extreme uh, extreme positions and yet because um, that's sexy and it's not the foundations that you that you have so um, I think we could definitely see that in both in both places yeah mm-hmm. that's a really good point it's like a lot of the stuff that is so important just doesn't isn't sexy like in our culture so <laughs> it's hard to accept those things um yeah because like how many times like I'm looking at I'm thinking about like our like our programming at a lot of gyms and um you know coordination is like not necessarily something that we like purposely plan on or or accuracy or um or even flexibility, like a lot of that is just not talked about in, in. Yeah, this is making me think like my idea of what is admirable or that I appreciate, like within the yoga world has definitely shifted from like in the beginning as like a flexi athlete. Yeah, it was all about the, how far I could go on my split and you know, how, how I could stretch myself in all these ways. But looking back, I'm like, well, my mind wasn't really in my body. My mind was like, how does this look? Or what are other people looking, seeing in me? And now what I find, quote unquote, sexy is if somebody can stand in Tadasana or sit in Dandasana, like staff pose, like where you're just sitting with your legs out straight. Can you sit there for 10 minutes and be like strong in your mind (laughs) and bring your consciousness like into your back (laughs) as it's like talking to you um and you know just if somebody was looking at me doing that they'd be like that's boring like what are you you're just sitting there (laughs) I'm like yeah I'm just sitting there but like do you I wish you could see the like inner landscape of my mind right now (laughs) it's like being blown from this intensity and this like or like what's coming up for me or this emotion that I'm working through as I sit here or stand here or so I don't know. It's definitely, yeah. Uh, there's something there. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're called postures because we're supposed to hold the posture. We're supposed to be in the posture and see what it opens up for us. It, it, how I understand it. If I can relate this back to like the coaching and softball that we've done, like, and I think because sports maybe are more tangible of where the mental aspect of the game is, um, you know, we struggled really hard with getting children, which is harder for them to do anyway, 
um, to buy into the mental component of the game. And same thing with yoga or strength training or anything like the mental part of it is super important. And yet we focus more on the physical, like how to properly do something, how to properly hold your posture, like how to properly um, move A to B, but the mental component, like in your ability to figure out, well, how can I get from A to B? It's just not, that part's not quite there because it's hard. <laughs> it's, it's very hard to teach that. Well, you, you brought up something that is the next step in my examination of using yoga as the inner landscape. When you talk about the, you know, the CrossFit gym becoming more of a weightlifting gym because people can demonstrate, look how much I can lift. Well, this, so this has to do with ego. Mm -hmm. And one of, one of the things that make the postures of yoga, yoga is applying yogic principles. And one of the, there's this thing, there's these things called the tatwas, the 24 tatwas. They, they come out of Sankhya. It's a philosophy about reality. And the tatwas are the elements or aspects of reality that constitute human experience. So once we start the game, we're in the, the escape room and we're working it and ego usurps the process. Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> now it's, it's gonna be yeah, I, I need to look good <laughs> in, in when the inner journey is not gonna look glamorous i um yeah. i think of people i i know they're not glamorous people but they live deep rich lives of examining that inner landscape but on the outside, they'd be written off as frumpy or whatever, you know. But I guess it, I mean, that's glamorous to me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It becomes glamorous eventually, I guess, once you start going there yourself. <laughs> when I when I um, learned Tai Chi Cha, I, I learned it from my, my um, friend, Ray Payne. And at the time, Ray was a house painter. And a very shy man, he, he did not like to talk much and he would just do the form. And, but he practiced that form every day and he practiced in depth and you could watch him move and learn so much just from watching him move. And then I started learning it and I learned to teach it. And there would be people who preferred my teaching because I talked all the time, but I didn't do it like he did it. Like he embodied it, but we miss those people because we're just, you know, excited mm. by the words. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it makes, it makes me look around more and like, what am, what am I seeing in that person? Not what they're saying. What, what they're embodying. Yeah. It is easy to miss. Yeah. 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 So these, these, so you could do anything like you could go lift a weight or you could do a trikonasana triangle pose 24 different ways, looking at these 24 different aspects of reality or, um, 
more. And so these aspects of reality are the gross elements like earth, water, fire, air, space, or the subtle elements like smell, taste, sight, touch, hearing. You can use your sense organs. You can use your organs of action. Um, the, the sense of um, ego is one. The mind is another element, um, which we've kind of touched on already. There are just so many different ways you could decide to look at the same posture. And so I think in any movement that one is practicing for fitness, if you ever feel bored, these are things you can bring in. You know, today in my workout, I'm going to look at how this grounds me, or I'm going to look at how it throws me off balance, you know, uh, makes me feel too flighty. I don't know. Do you ever look at your at your movement that way or were these? Yeah. Well, I think my movements evolved over my life too. Cause what I needed when I was a teenager isn't what I need now. Or mm. like I've been thinking lately, I've been just running like, and I think that's been a little too uh, flighty energy. Um, and I've uh, been shifting more into, I need more strength training right now. Like, to a year after postpartum, my body has gone through a lot of changes and I've lost a lot of muscle. And so I'm like, okay, I guess I don't need as much cardio right now. I need muscle building. I don't know if that's what you're asking, but um, I guess I've been feeling that airiness in my body and like, hey, I need more like earth. I need more, just get my feet in the ground and like build my muscle <laughs> back up. Yeah, yeah. I think that's well, an example. It probably, you know, it's too big a concept, you know, to say all these different ways of looking at it. But, uh, you know, you could say from what, you know, how you work out when it's really cold outside or when it's raining outside versus when it's hot and dry outside. You know, our yeah. work change. True. Yeah. I think to maybe if we, we sometimes get really comfortable in in places that feel comfortable to us or that where we succeed. Um, and I uh, went on like a relatively small hike with my husband and our dogs a couple of weeks ago. And um, I'm obviously physically strong to be able to do it. And the it, it was a start from the top, go down and then, the second half was coming up, right? And um, the coming up part was really hard for me cardiovascularly. And we were like, oh, despite my strength, I still need to work on my cardiovascular system. You know? <laughs> and that looks different for everybody. Um, doesn't have to necessarily be running. But, you know, I wouldn't have really gave much more thought to it unless I I put myself in a, in a place where I failed, you know, like, or in my mind, like I wasn't as successful as I wanted it to be, um, especially being a competitive person in general. So um, I think we sometimes shy away from putting ourselves in situations that we know we're probably not going to succeed or it's going to be difficult or it's going to be challenging or, um, or it's not going to be as pretty as like when I do a deadlift. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, so that was, a humbling experience to be like, oh, there is an important part of being able to be cardiovascular fit too. Um, 
So, you know, but people don't want to push ourselves in that way sometimes because it's uncomfortable. It's not necessarily like people are weak or people are like not mentally tough. It's just like our nervous system, our, you know, our nervous system doesn't like change, doesn't like trying new things. It's just like, no, it's to comfort, stay comfortable. And yeah. Um, so it's not even just like a mental thing. It's also like a physiological subconscious thing too. Oh yeah. I think about doing a push up, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> that's yeah. not going to be sexy. That's going to be pretty humbling. <laughs> I should just go for a run instead. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, totally get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, that kind of brings me to my my fourth area that I'm looking at for entering the inner landscape, and that is accessing the inner landscape through the weak link. Both of these are great examples of that. Of we all have weaknesses. And um, I think of a time, I, I've had a couple of yoga classes. One, I was doing a handstand in my kitchen <laughs> and I came down and smacked my foot on the countertop and bruised it. And <laughs> I've done that before. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, my uh, yoga teacher was in town. I had to go. So I, I went and did the yoga class with a, a contused ankle. And that became the focus of the class was to modify the class. So, so as not to hurt myself. Um, there was a, another class like that too, where my SI joint went out and I, I kept going in the class, but I didn't make it worse. I didn't try to achieve the pose. So some of the poses where people were in deep knee bends or whatever, I'm like, my head's like three feet above everybody else because I can't get that low in, in the class. Is that Kofi's class? Yes. Do you remember me doing that? I remember. I, I don't know if that's such a vivid memory. Well, it was one of our first Iyengar workshops, but I think you were, I mean, you were like really applying yoga in that sense. Yeah. Like you weren't in the deep yoga poses that we all were, but you were the one probably doing the most yoga in that case. Yeah. So <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> uh, yes. And those were, I mean, they're in, in place into my mind, both of those classes because of that. Uh, like, can I do this class with an injury with, um, and not hurt myself and not make this worse? Um and be okay and watch my ego as it's like stand you know i'm standing out in a kind of a shameful way oh, right judging myself there why would that be a shame yeah worrying what other people are thinking what the teacher is thinking yeah and being i when i'm in that sense that like position i get frustrated at myself because I'm like no but I can do that pose and you know get um and I'll push myself too oftentimes yeah but and then, and that's not yoga you see your strategies about how you make your way through life by or I'll just say me shaming myself and then pushing harder <laughs> yeah or not wanting to this came up for me the other week when I was on a run with somebody and my knee started hurting and I didn't want to slow them down. And I felt, I felt bad. I didn't want to walk because I, 
I just pushed myself through it. And then of course my knee hurt for like a week, but um, yeah, I guess maybe like injuries and body pain in that way sort of show you where your insecurities are mm-hmm. <laughs> and your thoughts and what you need to, I don't know. That's it brings up the work. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it circles back around to structure physiology and, and, um, habit that creates yeah. that an imbalance that can lead to the the weakness, a site of weakness. Mm-hmm. It also can be that can be an example of, you know, the the pain is the light bulb. The switch is somewhere else, uh, like yeah. stability in the pelvis, or instability in the pelvis leading to knee pain. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think because I am, I have some body awareness. I, it is weakness in my glutes and pelvis that leads to knee pain. And I know throughout my whole life, like whenever I am weak and then I s- start up running again, it goes to my right knee. And as soon as I start strength training in my pelvis and hips and everything um, and core, then the knee pain does go away. So yeah, that's true. Curious, Chrissy, because you taught some classes for the clinic where you actually took people who are coming off of um, or injuries or some debilities and did group classes with them. Yeah, I think what I was just thinking about, what, just reflecting on what you both were saying, and I think sometimes what's hard is knowing that it's a forever thing right like it's never everyone's all like well when am I done when am I I reach the amount of strength that I need to be able to run without knee pain like when am I able to what what's enough cardiovascular health to be able to hike something right like and that's really hard because we can't we can't objectively really have an end point because you know, there's people who are very, very strong who have knee pain and people who maybe we would say are objectively, and I'm using quotes, weak around it because I definitely try to limit that verbiage because like you standing and living your life, you're a strong person, right? <laughs> um, but when, where is that line at? And it depends on the person, you know, like, uh, and it was really interesting to see the shift in, um, the ladies that I was working with who they were um, people who are wanting to have an exercise program but didn't know where to start they didn't feel comfortable in the gym by themselves uh, they had a relationship with me which then allowed them to feel more comfortable and it's amazing how quickly they saw their function improve um, in terms of Oh, my family noticed I can get in and out of the boat a lot easier um, when we would go on family outings. Or, oh, we went to the farmer's market and we had to carry um, watermelon to our car and we were using the farmer's carries that we do in our classes, right? Um, It felt really cool to see that shift of like, oh, we are using the things that we're doing here in our function day-to-day life. And the and how much ease back to the ease that we talked about before, like my ability to live my life is more at an ease. Um, 
there's a company called um, Institute of Clinical Excellence. Um, it's a continuing education slash lifestyle brand, I guess you could say, of for physical therapists or like rehab professionals in general. And they talk about it as like avoiding living our one rep max lifestyle. So meaning like your ability to do the laundry is a one rep max. In reality, like life is more is multiple tasks in a day um or you um getting up and off the toilet again is a one rep max and there's how much more difficult your life is going to be if that truly is your one rep max Mm -hmm. so um improving our strength and stamina and cardiovascular in multiple forms and balance then pushes that line of what our one rep max is which then creates more ease in our life um and that's what i noticed with my ladies was that their ease in their life was a lot was was more evident than it was in the past um despite us not focusing on weight or focusing on uh um, posting anything sexy on social media right it was all just like is your life have more ease because of what we're doing um and what's hard about that though it never ends right like Mm -hmm. (laughs) we have to work in order to reduce the improve the ease in our life um and maybe our goals are shifted depending on where we are in our life. Um, but we don't live in a lifestyle that we're not hunters and gatherers anymore, where our body will naturally do its thing because we're, that's our everyday life. You know, we don't live that anymore. So we have to then physically and purposely work at it in some capacity now. And um, the, that makes me think about bring, bringing it back around to the idea of the eye of the storm. And yes, it's peaceful there, but you don't, There, it's not necessarily effortless. It may become effortless, but there has to be the decision to stay there. There has to be the ability to hold that position. Um, and these different things that we do physically to challenge ourselves teach us how to hold our hold our ground um, to stay peaceful when things are difficult and that yeah that making that choice yeah well I guess just practicing that also makes life's challenges um, easier because I was thinking about how like, like, like Chrissy was saying, it's just never ends. And also just like even going through birth and postpartum was such a, like rocked my body (laughs) so greatly that, um, but I think having practiced these elements of fitness and mental capacity and all that stuff has made the recover probably easier than it would have been um if i hadn't so it's like we always we're gonna have these like setbacks in life um with our physical body or like you know through injury or whatever um pregnancy birth all those things um and that's okay we just take it one day at a time and use these principles and shift what we need and um yeah, an extreme example 
this is an old case. So I don't know if people know it anymore, but the, the Central Park jogger, and this was maybe a couple decades ago, but this woman was gang raped jogging through Central Park. And um, then years later, I saw an interview with her. She was unidentified because it was so traumatic. And, and she actually did a public interview to discuss how she overcame it. And she used um, insight meditation, I believe, or some form of meditation, which is about holding center. And uh, so even in very traumatic situations, there's many examples that come to mind, Holocaust survivors, um, that there's no promise of uh, of no storms it there there are ways to learn to hold center yeah and i think that can even and you provided extreme examples and i will never fully understand what trauma that what type of trauma that is um and i don't know if i can even get myself into a point that i could even understand truly what that feels like and and I think what's important to talk about is that it doesn't have to look like that in order to be a storm right it it can be our daily life it could be how we were raised um and you might if you look back and check the boxes of your childhood or your life currently and you're like okay I have these needs met these needs met oh I'm doing really well um there are other times when there are little traumas or little teas, you know, traumas, or um, there's incidents where the storm is happening, but just not, not be at the level of a category five hurricane. You know, it's um, it allowed the space to know that a category one hurricane or a tropical storm is, can be just as difficult in your life as a category five. It just yeah. depends on your resources yeah. and where you're at in your life. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for your your the retreat this weekend to to have a little sneak peek yeah. today of what are going to happen this weekend. And, yeah, and, and we get Jessica Villela doing the Ayurveda part. I can't believe it. We're so lucky. Yeah. So that's amazing. Yeah, it's a unique a unique um, opportunity. So. I'll let you know I love how, how, how much this has grown and once you opened it up to multiple people to help out in the process, just how much, how much, um, how much, um, what's the word, the growth of it has happened because of opening up to more possibilities. It's been really cool to see in the five years that I've been there of the iterations of, of the open to your authentic self workshop and just like where it has now and has so much potential. It's really cool. Yeah. And you know, it's, that's been a lot of letting go of ego and mm-hmm. needing it to be mine or needing to keep the shape of, what do I mean by that? The shape, you know, yeah. Or it's gotta be mine. And just letting that go and letting it um, help people, let that be the goal. Because we're we're kind of living in times where 
people want they they want their royalty on what they're doing and we copyright everything and and it it didn't used to be like that you did things for the good of people and you shared ideas um but but i i you know i'm competitive <laughs> i have that edge <laughs> and so it's it's been a, a good practice for me to invite more people in to just have the the purpose be to help others and not um, pro- necessarily profit from it in a time when profit is the king. I'm glad for that lesson. I can't take any of it with me. So, yeah, that is it is hard. We do live in a culture where you said like profit and popularity and coining, <laughs> you know, your techniques and mm-hmm. that's what we're all doing. And we're all afraid that people are going to steal our ideas. Um, but I do feel like part of the practice of yoga is realizing that like none of these things are really our ideas. Mm-hmm. We're just borrowing from past teachers and past and wisdom. And so it's a balance of like, <laughs> yeah, like trying to protect yourself and, you know, like live in this world um, and thrive, but also like letting go of our egos. is It's hard. Yeah. But I appreciate it people do it well (laughs) okay you guys well thank you i think we covered that topic yeah yeah (laughs) thank you so much for listening to this episode our group tends to have these fantastic discussions and we always ask ourselves why we haven't recorded any of them and now here we are if you are interested in more content we'll be releasing new episodes every other monday You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Therapy Solutions PLLC. That PLLC is super important. This is the Rehab Within Reach podcast, where all are encouraged to experience wholeness and independence. See you soon.